That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joe's Weather World, your only weather podcast dedicated to Kansas City. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Joe's Weather World. And for those of you who haven't listened to one of our podcasts before, Joe's Weather World talks to various people from around the Kansas City area and elsewhere as we talk about how weather affects them, whether it be through their job or through something else. We've had a variety of different guests on the show, and I'm excited to introduce our next guest to you. And this is a guy who I've talked to uh, dozens of times over many, many years about what the weather is going to do, because his job, to a large extent, revolves strictly around weather. It's a name that some of you, probably many of you, are familiar with, because we've talked about him on the air before, and we've interviewed him before, too, on the news. Uh, I'd like to introduce to you now Trevor Vance, the groundskeeper. What, what would be your official title as is it heads groundkeeper for the Royals or official would be senior director of grounds and landscaping. Ooh, that's pretty good on a business card. That's right? good on a business card, but I'm, I'm just a groundskeeper. So Trevor obviously is one who is very connected to the weather uh, because it directly affects his job. And before we get into all of that, uh, usually I like to ask our guests, what, how, how do you, get to where you got is this something that you always wanted to do i can't imagine when you were 10 years old you're like i want to be groundskeeper for the royals how did this whole thing fall into place for you well actually when i was a senior in high school i was just looking for a summertime job and uh that was the summer of 1985 okay um which the royals went on to win a world series somewhere to be looking for a job um i was able to get a job down there on the ground crew um Really enjoyed working down there. You know, I'm 18 years old. The Royals are going to the playoffs. They win a World Series. I mean, does it get any better? You just right. kind of expect, well, this is going to happen every year. This is a heck of a job. So I went off to college for a couple of years, and I just could not find that thing I was passionate about. But I knew I was passionate and looked forward to going back to work every summer at the stadium. So I went to my boss at the time, George Toma, uh-huh. and said, George, I, you know, I really think this is what I want to do for a living. And he basically tried to talk me out of it he said you don't want to do this it's long hours um it's hot you know just everything you deal with you're not going to enjoy it and, and that was back in the day where the field was turf was and turf. not grass yes yeah artificial turf and that turf would get up to 150 160 right. degrees um but i still enjoyed doing it i said no george this is it and so he took me under his wing and and probably about 87 88 and i worked under him um, through 1994, when we announced we were going to natural grass, um, he announced he was going to retire and become the consultant. They were going to do a nationwide search for groundskeepers. They were going to find the best. And and at that time, I just had my first child, and, and I, I decided I was going to go work in a department upstairs. And 
uh, George came to me and said, you really ought to consider throwing your name in the hat. I said, you know, George, I, I just got my first born. I, I don't want to be married to my job. I want to raise my child. And he's like, no, really think about it. And I talked to my wife, and she said, you know, whatever's going to make you happy. Right. And so I, I threw my name in there, and uh, lo and behold. Lo and behold, here I am. And so how? So you've been doing – you've had this title for 25 years? 25 years, yes. Okay, so you kind of got that title about the same time I started working here. It's about late 94, 95. Okay. Uh, So the field went from turf to grass. So you inherited the grass field in a sense, right? Yes. As as your whole thing. And obviously, you're very connected to the weather because grass needs water. Yes. I mean, not only does it need water and – Unfortunately, with a baseball field having a clay infield, sometimes it doesn't need water. So, you know, rain, we, co- we kind of joke around the stadium, the rain's a four-letter word. Right. And then because when you talk about rain, you talk about a tarp. And when you talk about a tarp, putting it on your grass, you know, if, if you leave it on too long, you can damage or possibly kill your grass. If you don't get it on soon enough, you could possibly lose a game in a gate and cost your owner millions of dollars. So it, it's pretty stressful. So back then... I started getting in tune with the weather, and uh, that's what I do every morning when I get up. First thing I do is see what our weather's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're here in the Midwest where, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we can't plan too far ahead because every day is going to be different around here. So um, well, I don't want to say weather's become my best friend, but it's something that we're very acquainted with. And when you talk about the grass that you've got out there at the K, and for millions of people who have been out there over the years, uh, 99.9% of the time, they are out there looking at that grass, if not 100% of the time, saying, boy, I sure wish my yard could look anything close to the way the grass looks out at the K. But maybe the, the grass isn't that special, but it, it's really what's underneath the grass that makes things look really good or is that oh absolutely this this field i mean it's it's not a homeowner's yard right it is it's built, not like just basically dirt underneath no. no we're we're built on 12 inches of sand with four to six inches of pea gravel below that with drain pipe below that so this field which we just recently reconstructed two years ago we can take up to 27 inches of rain an hour now the joke is, if if this city ever took twenty seven inches of rain in an hour, I don't think we'd be worried about playing baseball <laughs> no, anyway. Not. But there's some cons to that too, because if, with it being able to take that much rain, it also takes away our fertilizer, and it it we're constant. We're having to water. You know, sometimes people think we're crazy. We just took rain two three days ago, and yet we're still out there watering because that water just flushes through that system, which allows us to play baseball once the rain stops. So for folks who are at home, and they may go through, and like probably you at home, you go through fertilizer, whatever, you treat your grass, you get the stuff down four or five times a year, whatever it is. Out at the K, is it the same type of situation, or do you have to fertilize even more because of the porousness? Constantly. I mean, you're fertilizing probably every minimum every three weeks sometimes wow. every two weeks depending on you know if we get one of those five to eight inches of rain in a week and we've lost it or um, putting foliar applications on it um so no we're, we're we're giving it a lot more attention and when you start dealing with cool season bluegrass and you're 
pushing all pushing it with fertilizer and then you got to bring in the fungicides and then we always got to worry about insects in this area so it seems like we're constantly putting something down on that field so the grass is bluegrass right yes Which, okay and that is like like you mentioned a, a cool season grass during the dead of summer when it's 90 95 every day and the overnights are closer to 80 or so i'm suspecting that bluegrass will struggle in that type of environment bluegrass wants to go dormant in that kind right. of type of environment we can't let it go dormant. So we are pushing that plant to do something it doesn't want to do, which is grow and actively grow so it can recover from whether it's injury or damage or whatever. So, yeah, it's a real challenge. Usually I'd say from about July 1st to August 15th because then your days are starting to get shorter. Um, a lot of it's really dependent on daylight. You know, days have become so long, and the gra that grass never has a chance to – you know, so to speak, sit down and cool off, um, especially with our nighttime temps right. around here. So once we can get the sun to start setting earlier, it cools off. But it's a we really earn our money from July 1st to August 15th. And is bluegrass for, uh, I guess now most major league ballparks are totally grass. Are, are bluegrass the most common type of grass for major league ballparks or does it vary? I'd say if you like St. Louis, for example, the St. Louis is St. Louis is bluegrass. But I think if you took I-70 as a divider, everything north of I-70 is going to be bluegrass. Everything south of I-70 is probably going to be Bermuda. Oh, OK. And is any particular grass more favorable or is it just a matter of which grows the best? In well, that here particular? in Kansas City, we've actually put Bermuda. We have taken our infield out before and put it in a Bermuda infield because our ultimate goal is to provide the players the best playing surface possible well our summers are can grow bermuda grass just like texas mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing we're in this transitional zone where we can get as hot as texas and we can get as cold as minnesota so growing grass in kansas city st louis cincinnati baltimore it's an extreme challenge because we're getting the extremes um you know i wish we were in minnesota or you know, on the West Coast where temperatures are more controlled and you knew what you were getting. But if you can grow grass in Kansas City as a homeowner or as, as a groundskeeper, you can grow it anywhere in this country. Are you um, always, well, probably not, but are you at any time happy with the way your grass looks out at the K? Well, are you always looking at, well, I wish this could be a little bit better or I don't like the way that little area looks over there? You know, through my 35 years of being in the business and 25 as a head groundskeeper, some days you have to be okay playing for a tie. We would love it to be flawless, perfect, but sometimes that's not attainable because you got to worry about your manpower. You got to worry about your budget. Um, we're going to do everything we can to make Kansas City proud, make sure that grass looks, looks beautiful to the fans. Um, opening day, we have a goal that that has to be the greenest patch of grass in Kansas City. Really? And we will do whatever it takes. Cause in late March, that's impressive. And this, especially this last March, yep. we had to bring out these defrosters to defrost our track so we can even get to the grass. Uh, it was an extreme challenge, but we're going to find a way to make that the greenest grass in Kansas City because we want Kansas City, when they show up at the K opening day, to, to not only be proud of the team, but say – Man, look at our park. This place is beautiful. Just beautiful. And Kaufman is such a beautiful place to be. Is there – so I want to bring up maybe when the grass wasn't looking as good. Let's talk about a couple of years ago before you replaced uh -huh. the field. Um, and I forget 
I think it was a ridiculously hot summer, whatever the case may be, that there were definite areas in the outfield, at least, this would have been after the playoffs or after the playoff run when you... No, it was actually during, during okay. the playoff run. Um, what, it ha- what had happened is in, in 2014, all of a sudden we make the playoffs. Right. You lose your growing, your fall. The best time to grow grass is in the fall. We lost that that window of opportunity. So at the end of the season, only thing that would grow successfully and in that shorter period is ryegrass. And ryegrass will pop in a week, and it's a beautiful green, but it can't stand heat or humidity. And we knew by doing this that it was going to set us back a bit, but there was already talks in the, about doing a total field renovation maybe after the following year. And so we threw all that ryegrass out there and um, – the following year, we had another 2015. When we go to the series, halfway through the season, our outfield looks terrible. So, and as a ground crew, are you like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Or are you like, this is just the way it's going to have to be? What? You're embarrassed. Yeah. You're, you're, you're embarrassed, but it's really from the, your success the year before is why we're dealing with this. And did your upper people understand? Uh, 100% that? understood okay. what we were going through. Talks continued about doing a major overhaul. Trevor, just get us through one more season. So what do we do? We throw more ryegrass down there. Um, and then in the postseason, in, in 2014, we clinched everything at home. Wild card clinched at home. The first round of the playoffs clinched at home. The um, American League Championship Series clinched at home. So what happens is, Big, big celebrations on the infield, and (laughs) your whole infield just gets wiped out in a matter of all the hard work you've done. They're out there celebrating, and nobody's telling them to get off the field, and rightfully so. I mean, here we're going back to the World Series. making history. But for three series in a row, we just got pounded. (laughs) So the ryegrass was was very difficult and challenging, but then when uh, we got through the 15th season by throwing more ryegrass, it looked beautiful for the postseason, and then we managed to get through the 16th season, and then after the 16th season, we stripped it. And I remember being the out there uh, at some point, it was either late 16 or early 17, when the field was stripped, and... How much, and, and so, all right, you're going to put down a whole new field. Um, it's not as if you're throwing down grass seed to grow the grass. You're getting this grass brought in from you. Where do you get your grass from, and how much grass do you get? Well, we bring it in by sod. Okay. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to have time to grow right. it in. Um, and so all our sod comes from Colorado. Um, they have ideal conditions where they can grow the cool season grasses and they can match the sand that we're growing it on. And when we did the total rebuild, we knew where our sod was coming from, so we tried to bring in sand that would also help match them. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll bring in about 100,000 square feet of sod. Um, but that rebuild, we took it all the way down to the to the pea gravel and brought in all new sand because through all our studies and research and preparation for this rebuild, Again, I told you our field drains 27 inches an hour. When it was built in 1994, it was built to drain 20 inches an hour. In 2016, when we started doing the research, we were down to five inches an hour. Oh, really? Now, I don't remember. Is that because it gets compacted? You just or? start to get, it gets locked up, contaminated, organic material. 
I don't remember a five inch rain Some around flower here. seeds. Whatever, yes. <laughs> but I knew there was a real possibility we could take five to ten inches in a week. And now are we going to lose a game because the field don't drain? So that's when the decision was made to let's start all over. This is going to get us another 15, 20 years. And by then they'll either be building a new stadium, rebuilding that one, or who knows. So the field should be in the background now where nobody has to worry about it. Very cool. Um, so you get the beautiful field. You get it all set up wonderfully and it looks gorgeous and stuff like that and then you have a big name entertainer one of my favorite musical stars say hey you know what we want to come out to the k and do a huge concert out there as a person responsible for all that grass when you hear that they want to set up these elaborate stages and cover the entire outfield and put a million seats on the field and stuff like that over pieces of plywood. Uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, initially it just scares the hell out of you. Right. Um, but we, we were fortunate enough that a year, a year pretty much to that week, he was earlier, he was performing in St. Louis. And we're Louis. talking about the Billy Joel concert. Yes, I should Billy have Joel. been more specific. He performed in St. Louis a year to that week. So myself and our, my two assistants, we went there to watch the, the build in, the actual concert and the teardown and the exit. And we felt really good that St. Louis didn't get that much damage. And they were in a heat wave over there during that time. Because period. I've seen baseball stadiums after they have maybe not Billy Joel, but another concert. And you definitely see the lingering effect. Absolutely. On the grass. Billy uses a very light stage. The footprint is very small on it. Very, um, you start talking to U2s and all those mm -hmm. other concerts, you're going to be replacing a lot of sod. We didn't have to replace any sod after that. Now, we were very fortunate. It was a little warm during the setup, but the day of Billy Joel it concert. down, right? Oh, it was like yeah. 65 yeah, degrees. I remember that. Um, it, it was a challenge. We got through it. Didn't have to replace any sod. Um, we had a few, you know, a few black eyes out there, but um, – I remember having a conversation with Ned because we had one homestand left afterwards, four games, and he'd forgot that we even hadn't hosted a concert, uh -huh. and he couldn't find any damage anyway. So that's the highest compliment you yeah, can get, yeah. right? So, um, sure, it's scary. I mean, mm -hmm. when you have ten thousand people sitting on your field, and you know, hopefully weather cooperates, and we got lucky. So when you look at your couple of dozen, three dozen years of doing this, um, how has your job changed over the years? Let's say from the mid nineties to now, is it essentially about the same? Have you picked up different uh, responsibilities or is it just still a matter of, we need to keep that grass green? Well, our ultimate responsibility is providing a safe playing field for the players. Now, along with that, we want to provide a beautiful playing field for the ownership and the city. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, our responsibilities grow because in 2007A, we did a field uh, stadium renovation, and we added a bunch of plants around the stadium that we're now responsible for. We've, we've gotten involved with our Dominican Republic team. We've made trips down there. Uh, we've gotten involved with our spring training site, our minor league sites. Um, we have more events on the field. I mean, I'm not in no position to tell the owner he can't make right. money on that field. So if they, if they want to have a hula hoop and whatever they want to do, 
we're going to do it. We just got to, you know, fortunately, myself and my assistants and my crew, they've been there a long time and they know what it takes. And when it comes time to, to whip the horses, they will be there for us and we'll get through it. I'm very confident. Speaking of the crew, how many people do you have on the crew? Well, it varies. We have a really a core of six guys. I have two full-time assistants. Uh, we have another full-time guy that helps with our field and the Urban Youth Academy, which we're also a part of. Um, and then a, a core of six guys that work about 10 months out of the year. And then we bring in summer help to, to cut back the hours so everybody, nobody gets overloaded and worn out. And then we run about an 18-man tarp crew at night. So overall, we've got a group of probably 50 guys that we, we hire and and facilitate and they work you know different events and different you know games or days or nights um but we're always looking for good help most challenging aspect of your job whether it be weather or something else is weather weather most challenging weather aspect there's there's a window in a when the royals play a 715 baseball game there is a window that you pray the weather's not an issue, and that's pretty much from six twenty to seven fifteen, because you're starting to your starting pitcher starting to get in his zone, whether he's getting stretched or whatever in the training room. And then he comes out on the field and he starts warming up, and then he goes to the bullpen. The worst thing can happen is it rain during that period, and you shut you, you have to shut mess him, him down. Up, right. You have to shut him down, or he's in the, or you get the game started. And in the first inning, here comes a big storm. And now he's already done his warm-ups. He's thrown the first inning, and he has to sit for two hours. You just lost your starting pitcher. Um, so that's the most stressful time. The overnight rains, the, the severity of it, um, we're covered. You know, we're going to make sure that tarp don't go anywhere. And if it does, it was an act of God, and it was meant to go somewhere. But really, that hour before the ball game because if it rains during the game it's the umpire's call right he tells me to put the tarp on the field um it's our call up until game time we just had that situation this past um homestand where oh is that that storm that was up in smithville that was dropping uh, south and then just to- or before smithville and then totally died near smithville right we it was coming we right went towards the stadium we pushed the game time back to right. 740 thinking okay you know but you know, those are just those are those are those are the worst times. I mean, dealing with weather, it's really it's a challenge, and mm-hmm. and it it keeps you on your toes. But don't get me wrong, I love those seven game home stands when there's not a <laughs> not a rain cloud in the 48 state area, and and we can enjoy. It. But rain's definitely our biggest threat and our biggest concern. How do you feel um, your field stacks up against other major league park fields? Well, do other major league parks have any other technology that you like? Boy, sure wish we had that underneath the grass. Or no, I don't think there. I don't think there's that technology. I mean, obviously the West Coast has a pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're going to get that. You know, every once in a while, rain. Um, but I'll put our field up against any field in the country because of what this field lives in. I mean, living in that field, living in Kansas City is no, no piece no of cake for it. Yeah. So, you know, with the crew I have, we'll, we'll go up against anybody in the country. Do you think that uh, 
we'll throw St. Louis into this too. Do you think St. Louis and Kansas City have the biggest challenges, or would it be more Minnesota? Would it be more um, Miami? Well, and, and funny you mention all those because everybody has their, their own, own challenges. Miami has a dome, so what do they do? They have more events than anybody imaginable. I mean, they'll just team goes out of town event, event, <laughs> big events. In Miami, they go year round. One of our blessings is, is come Thanksgiving, you're done. We're shutting it down. That yeah. field's going to bed. It's dormant, mm-hmm. frozen. Um, St. Louis, downtown, surrounded by concrete. They like to host big concerts as, as a challenge. Minnesota, have, they have to deal with snow. Right. You Almost know. practically up until game or opening day. But they've lost games yeah. to snow. And, you know, we, we flirt with snow in yeah. April. We might get a dusting, and it's so cold we don't play. But, I mean, they're pushing 68, 10 inches of snow off the field, similar to Colorado. And how do you do that exactly? How do you get all that snow off a grass field? Shoveling? Well, shoveling it. You know, if it's a light snow, you can run your irrigation and melt some of it off there. Um, We are not equipped for 68 inch snow. So (laughs) I don't know what will happen if that ever happens. We'll figure a way out. I mean, if we got to bring all 60 guys in and with a (laughs) shovel, we'll carry it off there. But every stadium has its challenges and and that's something that you know we start feeling sorry for ourselves in august because of the heat and the humidity well we don't have to feel sorry for ourselves in january and february when they're holding boat shows and monster trucks and their (laughs) and their facilities and and we're shut down so it's pretty much even across the board so um during the winter what happens anything well we'll we'll shut down or we tried you know Weather's going to dictate right. when we shut down. Um, this I, past winter, for example, when we had all the snow and the cold and the miserable weather. Yeah, it seemed like you know we had like one or two maybe nice weeks in October mm-hmm. when the season ended, first of October, and then it just turned rainy, wet, right. cold. Um, we try to get all our work done in the fall, so give us two to three weeks to get the field put to bed. We'll maintain. We'll try to grow it as much as we can. Um, give it a little insulation for the winter, grow it taller so we can cut that dormancy and that insulation off in the spring. Um, we've mowed all the way up until December. Okay. We, we've quit mowing in October. I mean, and then, you know, December, we try to get some time back for us and our families. We've all got, you know, families. And uh, January is a big travel month where we go to conferences and try to continue our education. Um, we have Major League Groundskeeper meetings. Um, February, we might do Dominican trips or spring training trips or make sure those facilities are off and running in good shape. And middle of February, we're back ordering supplies. And again, when Mother Nature breaks and she says, Trevor, I'm leaving town, it's yours, you we get back out. at it again. And is there an amount of pride shown? You have a storm coming in. And you're keeping an eye on radar. You're updating the ums, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there an amount of pride shown by each major league team in terms of how quickly they could cover their field? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there, there's definitely. Is it kind of like NASCAR changing tires at a pit stop it, type thing? It is. I mean, you take great pride in it. And, I mean, for that 30 seconds to a minute, I mean, it's, it's giddy up and go time. Um, I don't know if you watched the Royals-White Sox game a couple weeks back where the White Sox took forever. Oh, I heard about it. I didn't watch it. I heard about it. 
Ah, we would have been rung up a, a, you know. And what causes that? You know, because that's not the first time I think the Royals have been involved. Remember a, a game in St. Louis a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, that there it was a late night, whatever. Uh, and there was a little controversy involved with that. There, there was controversy in there, and, and I'm like very close friends with the St. Louis groundskeeper because I heard the next morning, before 8 a.m., I'd had a call from our general manager, Dayton, and the St. Louis Cardinals groundskeeper, and I'm like, what went on last night? Because it was like 2 or 3 in the morning when that game finally mm-hmm. finally ended. Um, you know, sometimes it's wind. Yeah, uh, totally could see the, the wind. Aspect. The wind can shut you down right. real quick. You got a gust front come in or whatever, and that makes that's why you gotta you yeah. gotta let those umpires know. Look, we have to beat that gust front because if we don't get this tarp down before that, we're gonna risk losing it. Right. Um, you know, in Chicago, I, I think it was the crew's getting a little long in the tooth, and <laughs> second, third, second or third time putting that tarp on the field, I think they were exhausted. <laughs> And that's a fear of ours too out there, but you know we just we we just we just motivate. We got to do this, guys, go. one more time. We got this. And, and so, how long does it take from? Because usually you'll see the guys; they'll show them all the time on TV. They're gathered around the tarp, so you know something's coming in. Uh, from the time the umpire says hold the play to the time the field is covered, let's just assume there's no wind. Well, let's take let's take one step back. I'm going to give you guys a secret on 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 covering at the K. All right, if nobody's behind the tarp, nothing's imminent. Right. If our guys are behind the tarp, it's getting close. I when the guys are behind the tarp, I'm still in my office. I'm talking to to you guys and and watching the radar and talking to my front office and letting them know what's going on. When you see me take the field, that's when you need to take cover. <laughs> But I would say once the umpire says go, we we got that field probably covered in anywhere from sixty to seventy five seconds. And do you time it out? No, no. I, well, like do you do in a sense spring training for covering the field? We we do have we we've had it we've. We had rehearsals because we had we had a lot of turnover new people new guys this year coming in and and people get scared. I mean, you've seen the videos. We've run over a few people with the tarp. They <laughs> slip and fall. And the thing is, with that tarp, once you get it going, you can't stop because it's that much harder to start again. So uh, it, it's just everybody high heel, you know, elbows and. Let's get this thing on the field as quick as we can because as quick as we can get it on the field, the quicker we can get you off the field. So Shane, my assistant, he talks to the umpires throughout the game. I, I call him or text him to say, let him know this. So they have a great relationship, and they uh, they usually, until you really lead them astray, they're going to give you all the respect in the world, and we have great relationships with the umpires. Um, and one thing that's become bigger and bigger, what should have been bigger years ago, is lightning. Right. This is an issue. Um, nobody wants to play with with the lightning anymore. Right. Or, and, and you know, tornadoes. I mean, we've. I remember thirty five years. I remember games when there's tornadoes, maybe in Liberty or, and and we're still playing baseball. And but it's so funny because I have a friend call me and said, "You get rained out." I said, "No, we played nine innings." Well, it rained in my house all night. Until you really start watching radar, it's mm-hmm. amazing how storms could just pass north, just pass south. Yeah, we've seen them split the K. Yeah. I mean, so 
weather is amazing. I give weathermen, you know, you guys get beat up all the time, but it's it, when you really start to watch it and evaluate it, weather does crazy things. Um, and thank you for that. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's it's always a trip in bizarre land, especially like you mentioned this one cell uh, from last week that was barreling down from St. Joe. Moved to near Smithville, looked like it was coming right for the K, and then all of a sudden it got to Smithville, and it was like it hit a stone, and it just rained itself out, and by it was like what sprinkles or yeah. a little drizzle well, or something. We got like two that. minutes of sprinkles, yeah. and so very challenging indeed. We're talking to Trevor Vance. We're going to wrap things up here pretty soon because I don't know how long we've gone on for about a half hour. So there you go. <laughs> um, so when you look at your your career overall. Do you picture doing this 20 more years, 15 more years? 15. 15. 15. Um, this, this, this job will take a toll on a man's I body. Um, I've had three back surgeries. I've, I've had knee surgeries. Um, now a lot of that might have been working on the artificial turf back in the earlier days, but it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a job that I absolutely love. I would never change it for anything. Um, I will do it as long as, as my body will allow me to do it. Um, but I also want to I want to retire at some point in time and, and move to the lake. So, and I want to be able to enjoy the lake while I'm there. So, <laughs> I figure if I got another 15 years in me, that'll that'll, that'll put, get you there. That that'll that'll get me there. And uh, I'm surrounded by great help. I uh-huh. mean, you know, I, I I consider myself pretty much the coach. You know, we draw we draw up a game plan. They execute it. We all win. There you go. So I love my job. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. Um, don't know if I could do anything right. else. Um, but I love coming to the ballpark every day. Last question. So uh, how does your grass at home look? Right now it looks pretty good. Does it? Um but with that being said, um, do you care as much about it as you no, do? No, no. I have I have two bulldogs and a poodle in the backyard, so, so you're on a losing side already. That, that's damage done. <laughs> the front yard looks good, but I pay somebody to mow it. Do you? I I pay a lawn care company to put down the applications because <laughs> I'm not at home at time when you it don't needs have time it. to do it. And that's the thing about mowing grass: you need to mow it when the grass needs it, not when it's convenient for you. I mean, I'd be. Well. It's just you never want to take off more than a third of the blade of the grass when you're mowing. And I can't follow those rules with my work schedule, and I can't get the applications down. So I've just hired a couple guys to take care of me, and they got it looking pretty good. They got to look it because if they don't have it looking good, they'll hear it. Well, yeah, that's true. They need to make sure they're it's looking pretty good. All right. We've had a great discussion with Trevor Vance, who your title again would be? That's Senior Director of Grounds and Landscaping. Senior Director of Grounds and Landscaping out at the K with the Kansas City Royals, our beloved Royals. Trevor, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Joe. We've had a great time. Uh, that's this edition of Joe's Weather World. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, uh, you got a smile on your face from some of the uh, craziness that Trevor puts up with each and every year, all because of our crazy weather here in Kansas City. We'll see you again soon.